my friends are eating steak, it's slow. Wait for them to ask you who you know. Please don't make any sudden moves. You don't know the half of the Welcome to the JRD Hogcast. I am your host, Dylan Lee, joined as always with our co-host, Jordan Russell, and our producer, Luke Griggs. You don't quite know what we're going to do. Changing it up. We don't quite know what we're going to do. <laughs> so, Should we uh, open that up to uh, some folks and uh, <laughs> have some request line kind of stuff? Uh, I mean, for intro music? We might as well at this point, right? Yeah, exactly. So, again, right off the bat, you can hit us up on Twitter, at JRD Hogcast. If you want to hear something different on the intro music, we are going to do this until we get cease and desist or whatever, because uh, we can. This lovely board allows us to do that. So, <laughs> keep on keeping on, right? Yes, sir. Well, first and foremost, happy Easter to you, Dylan. Hope you're doing well today, you and the family. Same to you. Everse is definitely more mobile in the walk-in, so he he got to actually do some Easter egg hunting and whatnot, and keeping you on your toes. Oh, definitely, definitely. So I may or may not had Madi have Madi a good scratch on her knee after today. I'm not sure. Oh, some doing little road little, rash. Doing a little softball outside, and she found her way to the sidewalk. Next thing you know. She's got her daddy's feet, one thing led to another, boom, scratch, a little bit of blood. She didn't cry. So proud of her. <laughs> well, there you go. Softball. Softball is on a winning streak. Well, no, they just ended no, they their winning. Yeah, the yeah. ending streak did end against LSU, but they won that but series. They so. won the series. There was, that was a big weekend on the Diamonds for the, the uh, Razorbacks. Uh, obviously, the... Huge series win, not just series win, but series sweep of Mississippi State. And uh, like you said, the girls got the uh, the series win going, winning the first two and losing the last to Ellis Who, but uh, man, that hit the bullpen this weekend for the they, Diamond Hogs. They listen, right? That that's the only thing they're listening to the show. That's got to be it. Well, it's got to be it, of course. There's literally no other options. Absolutely, <laughs> literally. Yeah. I I was I was surprised. I definitely I again we've said it multiple times in DVH we trust. Right. Um so we are at the level of a program that any game we should win. Like there isn't one of those where it's almost a foregone like a football against Alabama kind of deal right, right. now. But yeah. um so I always have faith that we can win a ball game. So let me say that. But sweep and then sweep like that, it was phenomenal. So <clears throat> Friday night, both of uh, the pitchers, uh, Campbell for us and then Ethan Small for Mississippi State, that was a really, really good game. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> we came on, I think, what was it, in the fifth, the sixth. Um, he uh, their Their pitcher had allowed – one hit up until then, and then next thing you know, your boy OPP gets a walk. Ezel comes up and lays a absolutely masterful bunt, and then things just started rolling. I think we ended up getting um, um, three that inning. 
Uh, yeah, I think that's where it really started with the three innings. Yeah. Around innings. And um, so anyway, um, Campbell ended up going 105 pitches. You and I talked about it. He went seven and two-thirds. Mm-hmm. I don't know why DVH doesn't give him that third out. He's done that a few times this year. But uh, Cronin came in, handled business. Um, he let it get a little interesting. The uh, announcers even kind of had a little fun with that. The, uh, do we say bias announcers? The ESPNU broadcast was pretty bad. Uh, especially, I think there was a guy named Mangum that was playing for Mississippi I, State. I heard something about that, and apparently he was decent with the bat. But then again, I mean, when you're talking about all-time hits, if you're there for like 12 years, you might as well get up the list, hopefully. I mean, I swear I've heard his He's name the, for the last 12 years from Mississippi State. See the baseball Renfro? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> No, but all seriousness, uh, that was a really good game. Even if we had turned around and lost that game, obviously we wouldn't be happy about it. But that was just – both of those pitchers were going. I mean, we just finally jumped on theirs at the right time. But uh, we move on over – we're going to – I'm going to move on over to uh, yesterday's game, Saturday's game, and Connor Nolan. I think that's kind what? of the highlight for folks there. What the hell? Yep. You have a theory. Oh, I, is it a theory? I mean, it, it just, I feel like there is times that things happen and it sets in motion the obvious narrative. And with Connor Nolan, besides having, you know, maybe the wake-up call of having to play in a weekend series, that whole deal. Week, midweek series. Mid, midweek series, thank you. Uh, mm-hmm. The biggest change was that spring football practice was over so maybe he got a little more rest maybe he can concentrate on one sport and maybe he should just play baseball (laughs) it goes back to the lucky hill 22's mailbag question a couple episodes ago exactly uh man he he was on it though i mean he was he only got five strikeouts and i put up only i mean it is what it is he did not allow any runs, which is a big deal. Yep. Uh, up to the, up to the point that he came out, I believe he came out seven two. So yeah, it was ten. Yeah, ten to nothing by the time he was out. So, or by the time his outing, he went seven and two thirds. Yep. There it is again. Really, the only problem I saw for Nolan that uh, game was actually the first inning, because I mean he got he got a. Uh, one on second, and he got advanced to third on a wild pitch, so it was a tight spot for a second. Got out of that one, and then he was just kind of autopilot from there on. So they they were making a lot of fuss about an error. Um, there it is again. The sixth inning, we put up eight runs on them. Um, an error let it get away, but it, I mean, I don't think that um, just this whole weekend bullpen bats. Defense, I think Martin still ended up with one fielding error over the weekend, but man, they was just they were on it. And uh I mean, I think the other thing we have to mention when this series is brought up though, there was obviously two big talking points when it came to this series. Connor Nolan 
was the first one, shall we say. And then the second one, it was the hashtag <laughs> free Kerstad movement, shall we say, uh, in the aspect that he got ejected. Did you, did you see that pitch? And I saw that pitch. Well, what do you got to say on that? I've got I've got something. So. Well, I mean, not to echo your just terrible mouth from last episode, but it was shit. <laughs> That pitch was so bad. It was, I mean, so you can kind of tell when batters are in the box and they let one go, and you you can just see it in their body language, like, I need to play this as a ball. That was my bad, you know. You can kind of see it a lot. Big thing now is they take off to first and, you know, strike three, and they're like, what? No. Kerstad genuinely stepped out of the box, you know, taking the third ball, and, I mean, you could see it in his face, man. He was like, are you serious right now? Mm-hmm. Because not only was that sucker low, it was literally outside of the plate. Right. And then gets ejected. I, I made a little bit of a joke to you. I'm like, I can't believe Martin wasn't the first one to get ejected after a strikeout call. But, man, that was it, just so bad. It was it was uh, delayed, too. Like, it took him a while, the ump, to actually ring him up. And I think that doesn't do it any better. Like, Make that call quick. Maybe it's not as bad, but still, it was a bad call overall. And in the ejection, we don't know exactly what was said, but it didn't warrant this thing. It, it might be a former NBA ref out there <laughs> behind the plate and just, you know, got a little, got his feelers hurt or something and decided yeah. that he needed to go to a safe space. We don't know exactly what Kerstad said, but we have a pretty decent idea of what DVH said. Oh, yeah. When he came out there, cameras were looking at his face. Not so much on Kurt Stats, but he's pretty easy to read his lips. Dave Van Horn throughout I think the years, he does that on can, purpose too. He, he wants definitely. people to. This is what I am saying. He enunciates when he's chewing some ass. <laughs> so. But uh, the the uh, one thing that I do have to say about this whole series sweep against the number two team in the country is I am. Hopeful that we move up a few spots. I I kind of feel, you know, you can sort of split the difference between us and them, and maybe we go to number eight. But I'll tell you what surprises me and also makes me think maybe Arkansas is actually getting respect from ESPN and Division One baseball. We didn't drop after the Vanderbilt loss, series yeah. loss. It seems like D1's always kind of, well, not always, but – the last few years, they've definitely understand. Kendall Rogers last year had us as a dark horse preseason to win the World College World Series. He almost hit that on the head, yep. Yeah, and he looked like a genius at that point, and he gained a lot of Arkansas fans throughout the year as soon as yeah. he said that, too. So uh, um, some some other takeaways was that Saturday was absolutely gorgeous, weather-wise, and right. uh, today was. The... They announced the ticket scanned, you know, that whole number. Uh-huh. You look you look at the video or if you were there, the t- they said ticket scanned were like 8,000, but paid attendance. they said something around 83, 84 or something. Yeah, yeah it, but paid attendance was 11,000. And so, it sounded like there were 15,000 there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And not, I wouldn't say that was 8,000 crowd from what I saw on TV. It definitely looked full. Uh, right. The hog and the pen hog was pen was stacked. 
Yeah. Uh, some other things was Goodhart, who we, I don't know if we can save this up. I mean, I might have to touch back up on it, but because this is very close to a burning me up segment, more in the aspect of getting, getting there. Yeah. Getting there. Um, anytime we play the talking note on him. So a while ago, I, I said literally joking around, but this time you can use it and it's. It's right. Yeah. Literally every time we play. Well, I mean, at least in the last 13 games. So, because uh, that's his current hitting streak. In case you didn't know, this boy got contacts. Goodhart got contacts, and he sees the ball better, and he's been hitting the ball. And if you guys didn't know that, then you haven't listened to a single broadcast, either IMG or ESPN. It's been that talking point, but... And on Bubba and note, Phil definitely don't touch on it nearly as much as ESPN does. Right. And on that note, um, Matt Goodhart is on a 13-game hitting streak. Coincidentally, it came right after he got contacts. Did you know that? He got contacts. No, I, I didn't know that. Yeah. He used to have I glasses. I was listening to it the other day, and I, they were like, I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, So, yeah. Uh, so, for, for now on, every you know, there's only a few more series left. Uh, well. Quite a bit. I mean, well, we got like five or six Games, series, yeah. series left. So you'll hear it every game. And now that you've listened to the JRD podcast and we've pointed it out, it's probably going to scratch at you like it does us. Um, <laughs> if if by some crazy chance you, it's already not annoying you a little bit, <laughs> after listening to this, it will because yep. you'll start noticing it. Well, I said this earlier. Uh, I think it was yesterday to you. It was like Jack's figures. And anytime Jack's Biggers played last year, they or even the year before that, they mentioned how, you know, just a few years ago or well, just last year, Jack's Biggers was playing in the Junior College World Series. Now, fun fact for you, Goodhart was playing in the college Junior College World Series <laughs> last year, so he's got contacts, and he played in the Junior College World Series. So, can you imagine if he got contacts last year? Oh man, woo, buddy. Now, something I do want to touch on, too, is uh, Trevor Ezell and what a huge grad transfer he has been for us because that dude just spews leadership. You can just tell that the guys kind of gravitate towards him, and he's a switch-hitting crazy man. Like, there is not a weak side to him. I think he is a natural lefty. I think. I'm not 100% sure, so don't quote me on that. But that bunt he laid down was from right-handed batting. And it was just masterful, right down the third baseline, advanced the runners. He almost beat the dang thing out. I mean, he's athletic. Like he he needs to be looked at for some sort of awards. I don't know how many different ones there are for baseball, but he needs to at least be considered for some because he has been a huge asset to this team. You know, uh, McFarland stepping in for uh, Kerstat. He he did well. I mean, I believe he took a pitch. Right, he got hit. Uh, he took a 93-mile-an-hour fastball to the ass cheek for an RBI. <laughs> so, yeah, he brought in a run. That's an RBI either way. And either he, way. He had a, I believe he had a single to the outfield. He made an out in the outfield, and that was a guy that was below 200 when he was batting either earlier or even last year because the bat definitely wasn't there last year. Uh, and we've, we've mentioned him, and this will probably be the only other time we mention him Inside this is uh, Magnum, who ESPN. You heard of the guy? 
You Mangum. Mangum. Ma- I did it. I did it. You did you, it. you told me. You were like, quit calling him Magnum. I was like, there's an N. Oh, right. Anyway. Uh, well, that uh, little hitting series of his is over at 20 games because he went 0 for 4 against us on Saturday. So, there you go. And, and secured the number one spot in the SEC West. Number two overall in the SEC behind Georgia. Yeah. I, we're we're sounding so much different than our last recording because we were kind of like, uh, yep. this is like I said, six seven episodes ago. Even this in is a baseball, even in a ten to two game though, there is stuff to take away from that, and I don't think we're too far off of there because those two runs, those weren't Connor. Or, no, it was the bullpen. Uh, I mean, sorry, that wasn't uh, was it Con- yeah, Connor started the game. Yeah, sorry. yeah. So uh. Yeah, that that was the bullpen, and it was a mixture between, I believe, Kashishak and Vermillion that uh, gave up. No, it was all Kashishak. Yeah, he gave up. They gave him up? Yeah, yeah, he gave up the two. Vermillion came in and closed that game out. Um, well, so it goes back to the, to the um, keep wanting to say Friday night, Thursday night game. Campbell still had it. Mm-hmm. He still had his stuff going. He was still humming them about 93. He threw a breaking ball in that uh, eighth inning that was just sick. It just fell off the table. And he got the two outs, and they brought in Cronin. And obviously, Cronin did his job. They didn't score anymore. But he did let a couple on. He did uh, make it a little scary. I don't think anybody got on base in the ninth inning, though. But <clears throat> I'm just – I just don't trust the bullpen enough yet. I think if I mean obviously Dave Van Horn's gonna do Dave Van Horn and by all means keep it going. But to me it's still just a little scary sometimes, like when, when you take a guy out of his groove when he still has it. So And I I almost feel like with how Connor Nolan was going and where you're at with ten to nothing at that point, he could almost go complete game. Like that he, could uh, potentially be a learning experience. I mean, if he finishes strong the way he came out, fantastic. If he gives up some runs, that'll eat at him. And oh man, almost had a perfect game going. And this is what I can do to improve. I mean, there's I pros mean, and cons gave, he, to both sides. Of he it. gave up hits, so it was it would have been a uh, shutout and complete game, but it wouldn't have been a perfect game. So, but uh, so. Yeah, is a perfect game the no perfect hits? perfect game is no, no hitter. So, so not just no hitter, no hits, no errors, uh, uh, straight zeros. Whatever, <laughs> I don't care. But anyway, so, yeah. Speaking so speaking of a beautiful he, he, day on Saturday, we did it. Yeah, you, JRD Hallcast. You kidnapped me, Dylan Lee. You kidnapped me and took me to Oklahoma. Took you to Oklahoma for some dirt bike racing. Yeah. What'd you think? Well, it was Oklahoma. That's the first thing I thought of. Well, the roads definitely uh, changed as soon as we crossed the state yeah. line, for sure. I saw that sign, and then I felt Oklahoma. That's exactly <laughs> what happened. Uh, you can't hold that against dirt bikes. That's not their fault. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't riding on the dirt bikes. Although, apparently, some folks, I did send out the tweet because I did get, uh, I'm going to say, kidnapped. Um, <laughs> and it was it was a fun event. Uh, we got to hang out with uh some of the listeners and and uh, the CEO of a uh, Elite Mobile Detail LLC. Gotta see him yeah. do his thing. So that was a 
That was interesting. It was like it said, first go at moto biking. Is that is that I don't know. What <laughs> I don't know. What's the words I should use here? The dirt bike races. Motors. Motors. Going fast. I'm always a fan of that. And uh I typically stay and have grown around four wheels, but I could definitely enjoy anything of the sort. And it was a good time. Uh Maybe do one or two more. Who knows? We'll see what happens. So. We'll, we'll let uh we'll let it's, the CEO get his get his groove back a little bit. Yeah. He did well for his first time in over a year. He didn't do too bad. We were kind of laughing at him a little bit. A couple races, like yeah, dude's out of shape. <laughs> but he did well. He's uh I've talked to him today. I have confirmed he is sore as hell. Yeah, and um. It's exciting to see him getting back in it, though. I mean, he's—I've—I've I've watched him ride a lot, and uh, I'm excited he's getting back into it. And yeah, we definitely need to get you back out there to support some more, take some more of your professional pictures that you took. <laughs> yeah, well, and then we'll have to get you at a racetrack with the uh, automobiles, four wheels. Go. Uh, you you got crazy right off the bat, though. You said, "Hey, we'll get you in one." Like, yeah. No, you're not. Yeah, we can we can definitely make that happen. No, you're not. Uh, I can get with, in a car to get there. I can get with the far. folks at NWA Streetworks and make you go fast. I don't, I don't know. I ain't trying to make you ride no dirt bike right now. What the hell? <laughs> Fair enough. And I will guarantee you, I will never ride a dirt bike. So, but. <laughs> One person that will is obviously the CEO that we've already mentioned with Elite Mobile Detail. And that brings us to our Twitter Dirt segment, which again is brought to you by Elite Mobile Detail, LLC. His number is 832-540-8013. You can look him up on Google, check out the reviews. I have not found a bad one yet. Uh, He does pretty much everything. And the biggest thing that we keep forgetting to kind of point out to y'all is he does come to you at your work, your house. I think he's even done a couple at hotels for people, so give him a call, and he'll get you cleaned up real nice. You got any dirt today, Dylan? You, you lead us off. I've okay. got to comb through some stuff here. I didn't get to do the saving crap last week, right? Didn't, we, didn't I end up jumping over to something else? No, you did not get your savings off. Okay, I'm going to get the saving crap out there right now. So he's uh, they wrapped up their spring program as well and uh, was getting – interviews and the obvious question is how is Tua doing because you know he has been hurt he didn't have the quite the season that he was I guess expecting to have last year because injuries held him up just a little bit but nonetheless media asked about him and Saban once again jumped on their ass acting like that's the stupidest thing they can they can ask the man when his Heisman hopeful quarterback how he's feeling and he just did the saving thing and all but cussed at him. I think he threw a few of them out there. Obviously, nothing egregious or nothing like that. But that that ticks me off, man. And the Bama fans out there, you know, taking up for him. You, I guarantee you, if that was any other coach out there re- acting like that, i.e., oh man, I lost his. Oh, um, Ohio State's corrupt coach. Why did his name just leave me? Zach Smith. No, not Zach Smith. The Urban. Uh, Urban Meyer, good <laughs> Lord. Yeah. The granddaddy of them all. <laughs> <laughs> they jump on him anytime he ever said anything. And, like, well, your coach is the same dang way. 
just it it eats at me, man. It just I don't understand why he's got to be like that. Him and Belichick, you can tell, come from the same coaching tree. That's coming all the way back from them Cleveland Brown days. Well, uh, Saban did say that he was uh gonna have to go under the knife and that they would uh he'd be uh away from the team for a little bit because he's gonna have uh, hip surgery. So is he gonna be pissed off at them when they ask him how he's doing after that? I mean, probably the doctors and the nursing staff, like, once he comes back to or whatever, when they're just checking on, like, hey, everything went fine, and he's like, who are you? Uh. So they <laughs> asked me with, uh, with the knee surgeries before you go in, they say, so what, on a scale of 1 to 10, what pain level are you comfortable going home with? Mm-hmm. And I always said a 10 because I'm a bat, and I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> but they're probably going to ask him that question, like, what kind of question is that? Why don't you ask the medical staff? Come on. That's just stupid. Why are you asking me these questions? I'm combing, man. And uh You ain't got no dirt today? That's I, fine. I, I ain't got no dirt. It's been Hey, the thing yeah. is, is I'll be honest with you, before we started recording, I was looking through and I am happy to report Twitter was clean today. Easter, everybody's vibing on the God thing and you know, salvation, resurrection, all that. So Twitter, good job. I'm glad that we had to kind of reach back into the archives a little bit for some Twitter dirt. Well yep. done. Yeah. Uh well, it's not necessarily dirt. It might be more of a detailing job that Elite Ooh. Mobile Detailing LLC does because this kind of wipes away some dirt in in the aspect of being clean on Twitter. I love what the folks are doing uh with Mike Anderson. Mike Anderson being announced as the head basketball coach at St. John's in New York. And so that is amazing. I saw some of the announcements, and uh, again, Mike Anderson, completely classy guy. Obviously, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm still there. I don't know. I'm so indifferent on it, but I'll get used to it. Um, it's good to see that everyone's treating him as if he would treat us. Yeah, yeah and that's that's great. I'm really happy for him. I honestly, I think we even touched on here that we kind of thought he might set out a year. Mm-hmm. Just kind of, you know, take a break. But he got a, jo- a job with St. John's and hoping nothing but good things to come. We were talking about a little bit yesterday that we think he might turn around and win a conference championship there uh, fairly quickly. So good for him. That shows he's still got the drive. Maybe a change of scenery will help him out. Yeah. I'm, it's New York City, so I feel like he'll have fun there. Coaching uh, here with, for him was a huge weight on his shoulders, whether he'd ever admit it or not. He was always going to be under the shadow of Nolan Richardson. So hopefully, like I said, change of scenery, new kids, a hell of a different lifestyle mm-hmm. being in New York. So maybe, you know, I hope he does well. Maybe we'll meet him in a tournament. It's a it's a completely different recruiting pool up there for him, and he's been strictly the South. You know, UAB, where he's from, and then he's got Missouri, and then obviously Arkansas. So... He'll still dip down here, and then I would imagine he's still gonna, he's gonna have to try to get his feet wet. I saw that Coach K had a big, uh, well, not a big part, but helped with uh, getting him to St. John's essentially. Like, oh, really? Maybe a referral kind of deal, recommendation deal. But um, watch him pull the number one recruit out of Arkansas this year. Oh, Wouldn't that be uh, something? Boy, <laughs> wow. Uh, so we've mentioned it in the past. I think actually when the news when our when the news broke that Mike Anderson was 
fired. I think we mentioned, is he going to make a tournament? Was it a tournament win before the new coach, which is now obviously Musselman? So now that they both are on teams and they're both going to have the same amount of time, essentially, the obvious question's there. And I will already go on the record because we're coming off of Easter. Spoke with some family. And uh, there is hands that have shook because I have a bet in place with my uh, brother. You bet for Anderson, I'm sure. And uh, I said Mike Anderson would win a game before Musselman tournament game. I don't think that that's stupid. Um, I, I, I will say, like, like 20% almost instant regret on that deal. Because <laughs> then I was like, well, Musselman is doing some things. We're getting some transfers in. We've already got one grad transfer from Florida Atlantic. So maybe, a, like, if, hey, if we're, if we're winning tournament games, I'm, I'm willing to pay 20 bucks. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, the conference is obviously different. Yep. And that does not bode well for Musselman. But um, I never really thought that Anderson was a quote-unquote bad coach. I just, again, I, I really do think that the, um, the weight of the Nolan Richardson era and everything weighed on him. Um, maybe the style of players that he's trying, you know, that he's constantly, I, I don't really think he's played his brand of ball that he's wanted to legitimately in a few years anyway. So maybe the maybe the athletes up that way will do better for him in that aspect or even um, vice versa with Musselman, maybe the kind of athletes that Anderson does have here will be better for him because he seems to be able to coach any which way. So I will still stand by Anderson gets a tournament win before we do. Oh, so we're on the same boat there. I really thought that was going to lead up. Thought you were going to surprise me there. But no, uh, we've yeah. already we've already talked that. You you think about how cool it is as a uh, young man. Like, Bud Walton's a great arena, but St. John's gets the ability to say, hey, you want to go play at Madison Square Garden? That'd be badass. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's pretty cool. But, hey, uh, this is kind of a flip. I don't, I'm not trying to do this on purpose, but that is a good recruiting tool for the football team here. Hey, do you want to play in Jerry World? Yeah. And that kind of tucks. We, we're dancing a line here. Because anytime you bring up Dallas, I feel like that goes hand in hand with War Memorial with the aspect of, you know, those are the two way home ish games. But the thing is, War Memorial is always a home game. And, right. and we're always, in my eyes, losing a home game when we're talking about that. I think when it comes to a recruiting standpoint, that Dallas especially now that we have Chad Morris and Texas-wise, it's an excellent tool to be in that pipeline. How many Texas kids, yourself included, Dallas fans, grew up having that dream of, you know, me personally being about the brand, kicking a game-winning field goal <laughs> inside the uh, Cowboys stadium, or scoring the winning touchdown, vice versa, whatever it may be. It's an instant recruiting tool for Texas kids. Like, your dreams can start here. You can come mm -hmm. to Arkansas, play in Dallas Stadium, and guess what? We also got some connections 
two Dallas Cowboys. Right. Hey, you know John Stephen Jones, QB QB three right now? Yeah. Talk you to his might grandpappy. Ask him who his granddaddy is. Talk to his grandpappy. I wonder if he's used him as a tool in <laughs> recruiting. Recruiting like, wise, Jerry Jones' grandson plays for us. What else do you need? <laughs> All right, cool, cool, cool. Uh, On the got to be one well, hell of a roommate. I'm, I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I guess to stick to the football side of things, I got some got some stuff for you here. All right, what, what you got for me? Uh, did you see the? Post by uh, Saturday Down South uh, ranking SEC QBs 1 through 14. Oh, I feel like I'm about to be upset here. I don't know. I'm I'm really indifferent about it. I, uh, I have just, not seen this, but go Just on. off the top of your head, who is number one in the SEC quarterback-wise? <laughs> going to be Tua, right? There you go. So, <laughs> okay. No arguments there. Who is number 14? And it's not the obvious. Um, this isn't a Razorback thing, so. No, I, mean, that I, would, I, I would really <laughs> hope that Ben Hicks wouldn't be uh, 14 on there, but uh, geez, um, I'm really trying to think about it in the aspect, and I'm going to have to like go, who's Vanderbilt's <laughs> kind of thing. Good job, yeah. So, Riley, Riley Neal, Vandy's yeah. number, one, uh, number 14. Here's my problem. Hicks is 13. Oh, boy. But now, here, here's the deal. I, I mean, don't I, think he needs to be top eight-ish or nothing like that. I think strictly with experience, granted it's it's been in the AAC and all that crap, but whatever. But experience in the system, I feel like he should bump up a little bit. Well. Because they got uh, Matt Corral, I guess, from Ole Miss. They got him ahead of him at 12. He's a first-time starter, right? Right. Okay. He played, um, I think he had a couple... Here and there, but his stats were 16 for 22, 239 yards, two touchdowns, and interception. Not bad. I don't know how many games that was accrued in. It looks like he um, played. Yeah, so he got a few snaps against Mississippi State, Louisiana Monroe. Yeah, yeah I'm, so, I'm just kind of thinking about it and in terms of depth quarterback wise i mean you've got from that's still going bentley i think from usc uh, south carolina obviously tua you've got kelly where do Bryant. you think they got bentley at bentley probably gonna be in like the five six range nine i mean one kelly bryant is at number five i just don't i don't think you've seen enough from they're, they're <clears throat> running they're running on a whole lot like i I just can't get behind Kelly Bryant. It's not because everybody, you know, always spurred no, Arkansas. He yeah, never no. spurred Arkansas. Let me just tell you right no, now. That he was, never did. That um, was not happening. So I'm going to give you just the rundown real quick. So we got Tua, from Kellamon, Joe Burrow, Kelly Bryant, Felipe Franks, Garantano uh, from Tennessee, Malik Willis from Auburn, Jake Bentley, Carolina, South Carolina, uh, Thompson, I think it's Kelvin Thompson, I think, or Keon Thompson from Mississippi State, Terry Wilson from Kentucky, Matt Corral, Ole Miss, Ben Hicks, and then Riley Neal of Vandy. Okay, so Bentley, I can't believe Bentley's the one that like I'm kind of having an issue with. He should be above any first-time starter. So, Well, I don't like giving props to any LSU folks, but I thought Burrow's a better quarterback than Kellen Mond. Yeah, yeah, Burrow definitely can get it done. Ugh. 
Mond is following on the hype train of the damn sorry, crooked ass, let them do what they want, Jimbo Fisher yeah. spotlight. That's that's what that is. Uh, Felipe Franks at number six is too high for me. He's a terrible quarterback. So, uh, what a uh, Mississippi State, their, their quarterback. I think it's Keon Thompson. Keon Thompson. Is that the one that came in? Had that's some one that's win. probably going to be better than Fitzgerald, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean. Gerald just kind of forgot how to throw a football. Yeah, his senior year. So, I I saw some flashes with that guy. Um, so where where is he at? He is all the way down to number ten. Yeah, kind of have an issue with that one too. Ain't gonna put Felipe Franks. Oh, like I said, I think so. My there's three ones that stick out to me that I don't agree with. Burrow should be ahead of Mond. Felipe Franks shouldn't be in the top nine, and I think Hicks should be at least at ten. I can agree with Hicks at ten. Like that, and that actually seems solid right there. Yeah, because only because of experience in the system and experience in the college game. Right. That's that's yeah, nothing that I, no homerism or nothing like that. Just if I saw that as a football fan, I'd be like, Well, I get why Riley Neal's at fourteen. Who right. the hell is Riley Neal? But, you know, and Bentley is also one it's it, for for me too, kinda like, eh. He's been so up and down for him that he hasn't had that good of a team either. Yeah. Oh. I just can't. Uh, yeah. So, but anyway, the, all of this, for me to ask you your top five, I mean, we'll go all the way through 14, but who would be your top five SEC quarterbacks coming into this year? Uh, So, Tua, I, I don't have a problem at all with that one. Tua, who was, who was two on that list? I felt like I agree. Froms. From, yeah, from. I get that. And uh, I think that's pretty one and two there. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty obvious solid. There. Um, this is where it kind of gets interesting in the aspect of pure passing. And uh, I honestly think that in a 3-4 range, you could bring Burrow in there. So mm-hmm. I would say Burrow at three, Franks, Felipe Franks at four, and then oh. uh, Kellen Mon at five. Franks at four. Mm-hmm. Mm, well, whatever. <laughs> I don't think he needs to be that high at all. You're bumping him up from what I disagreed with. Yeah, so... Uh, Is that just experience, or you think there's something there? My coach. I'm, I'm oh, the QB master. The QB master, yeah. So you should You should appreciate that. He molded your... Wonderful pro oh, whatever. quarterback. Up don't. There. Sorry, I couldn't. Don't. <clears throat> I don't need that in my life right now. Yeah. Who'd they have at uh, four? Burrow. Burrow, okay. Oh. Burrow above Mond, and, and I don't like that. Or behind Mond. Yeah. I don't like that. But there's going to be a lot of new faces this year, though. I'd be and intrigued also, to see uh, their running back one when that comes out. Their top ten running backs? Yeah. We should we should do count. we get snubbed? Oh yeah, we probably. Well, you can't at ten. You can't do that. Like, there's well, fourteen they, I'm teams. Sorry, they did. They, they did ranked them. In the, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they probably would screw around and he wouldn't make the top and wouldn't eight. be in the top ten. You saying he wouldn't be in the top eight? Yeah, he wouldn't be in the top eight. I only say that because of Saturday down south, but he should definitely be in the top eight. He, he should, should definitely be in the top five. I think yeah. honestly. But again, Arkansas, no love, all that crap. So let let's let uh let's straight up steal this from Saturday down south. 
Uh, we will work on it this week. And uh, position group, one through ten. Running back? Yeah. We won't do a quarterback one, whatever. But we'll do running back, yeah, one through ten. I'm cool with that. Or one through 14? Ten? I'm, I'm cool with that. All right. So, uh, we, I, we're still wondering how to necessarily handle our Twitter stuff. We are extremely excited that we do have the interaction that we do. We're getting it from multiple multiple folks. So we'll jump on there and uh, dive into the Twitter mailbag. I mean, this is just general. If you can get in hold of, in contact with us, it's our general mailbag. And that general mailbag is brought to you by NWA Streetworks. NWA Streetworks. Not now. All right. Didn't have it ready. <laughs> yeah, did not have that ready. NWA Streetworks is your local affordable performance shop from brake jobs, engine swaps, nitrous, force induction, dyno tuning support, or full customs. They can get you hooked up. You can reach them at 479-549-3622 and tell, give them a call and tell them, get Jordan Russell in a car. That, that's what's <laughs> happening. Make him go. I say, what you, you, What do you want to do? Mile an hour? Or do you, you know, let's say, we're going to get you in a 10-second car. Huh? I have gone 110 in a vehicle before. Oh. We got to that's... bump up them numbers. Sorry, Dad, if you're listening. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Don't tell the popo. Um, so the segue into this was totally unintentional, but we made a bet on air last time. I can't remember what it was. Yeah. But something to do with lunch, and I don't even, again, I don't remember what the bet was, but I think we brought in uh, Lucky Hill 22 for it. Yep. And he just five minutes ago said Taco Bell. Taco Bell is where he's wanting that $15 from you. So he is listening to episode 15, which was released on Easter Sunday. So if you haven't listened to that one, you're you're behind. But you're hey, behind. pick on up. So. But if you're listening to this to know you're behind, that means you're caught up. Yeah, so, I don't know. I don't go. know what order you're doing. This is like Star <laughs> Wars kind of thing. We're going three, two, one, two, nine, I know six. Absolutely nothing about Star so, Wars. So. I just know they don't know how to count their movies. That's all I know. But yep. so Dalton Hill, they are gonna hook you up. Well, I got you, hey. buddy. I will take care of you. <laughs> Jordan gonna get you some Taco Bell. Don't skip out, man. I won't skip out on it. Get him just a taco pack, <laughs> like fifteen taco container. Like, hey, I didn't say what form of fifteen dollars. This is fifteen dollars a Taco Bell. Have fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got he's you. Gonna, he's gonna rub me out of three different dates. Is what he's gonna do. Oh yeah. There you go. But uh, to kind of backtrack on some of this stuff, the we'll stay on the football one. And again, this is actually coming from Christian Carey that is mentioning a Saturday Down South post. Uh, the battle line, uh, actually the headline is Battle Line Bobby Petrino. Former Arkansas quarterback Tyler Wilson claims that Bobby Petrino is working with the quarterbacks at Missouri. Well, uh, since this has came out, I believe this has actually been refuted by Missouri, but they didn't straight up deny it. They just said, nah, he's working with the wide receivers. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, um, so there's that. So he's working with Missouri. So, I mean, he, he's just trying to keep a job. Or, well, it's not even really a job. It's one they of those weird consultant They might have a cute athletic thing. department. Exactly. I mean, do you, 
he knows somebody there and they might go take a bike ride. I don't yeah. know. This is I I honestly look at this and this is just more media is trying to spin and make this rivalry something and quit trying to make the I know there are so many Arkansas connections now. You want to artificially connect Kelly Bryant. You have the obvious one with Ty, uh, Taylor Powell from uh, Fayetteville who went there. You have uh, Jonathan Nance who is there, I believe now. And uh, if there was going to be Byers. any kind of crap there, I think it would be Nance if there yeah. was going to be. And then Akeem Byers who was also from Fayetteville. But keep in mind, like if you have a problem with Akeem Byers, we weren't really ever in the running. The, the guy was committed to Alabama, didn't qualify to go to Alabama, ended up somehow going to Missouri. So that that's the whole deal. I don't know yeah. the uh, the whole fo- story on Powell either. That that seemed, he went to Wake Forest, decided not to go Wake Forest, went to Missouri. I, but hey, I, 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 if there's a kid I want to see succeed, it was Taylor Powell. I mean, yeah, he, he he was on there in terms of Fayetteville numbers. He was right there with the Allen brothers. So it's a guy that I don't have any ill will towards. But if he plays a hog, sorry, <laughs> like hope you lose. That's that's just where it's at. But that's just so, how it is. To wrap up your thoughts on that, don't really care. Don't really care. <laughs> so nothing uh, to do with you, one. Gary. But we we'll, we recognize your. Question with it, we appreciate yep. it. And we then, got another one from at Dim Hogs. This is so, a new one. Yep. Um, they said that this was during the game two, so Friday night game, baseball game. Said might be a bold prediction, but Wick shows his medal in game two, holds dogs to fewer than four hits in five. Thoughts. So he didn't get to prove, or they didn't get to prove their. Uh, prediction because they pulled him in four yep but he did only give up three hits there it is so so if i was reading that well i did end up reading that live but uh i thought i don't believe you yeah (laughs) if i'm being honest but that's strictly just because of how the bullpen's been we've hit on that plenty of times now but touche to love dim hogs because they were on pace to get a bold prediction right yeah. Is it bold? Well, I would call that bold. You call it bold? You don't think that fewer than four and five with the way that everything's going? I don't know. I've I've liked Wick, so. Just four hits, not runs. I know. Yeah. Oh, them wheels are turning. I just, I just, it's the bold that's getting me tied up here. I, I don't want to take it. How you, I, dim hogs, to use the word bold? <laughs> I don't want to take it away from him or her. I don't know. The Blank There's no prof- profile picture. Yeah, the blank, blank profile picture I can't go off of. But, uh, yeah, I, I won't take it away from you. Congrats on almost having the bold prediction. Almost got it. So, And then, again, thoughts on that one? Congrats on almost having a bold <laughs> prediction. Sorry. Uh, but this, this one was of those... a pregame, like, pregame recording, and he asked, or, again, they, he, she, asked, uh, I would say not going to happen. Yeah, I'd 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 go with that. So, but I don't think it makes it a bold prediction. Well, whatever. Yeah, whatever. But thank Hopefully. you all for your questions yeah. and interactions. We definitely appreciate it. We encourage more. Uh, Dylan always mentions hit us up on at JRD Hogcast. 
if you would like to direct one or one a question to one of us, uh, mine is at jrus2289 and Dylan's is at the DL7. And uh, if you want to ask the producer, I think his is at asshole or what? What is his? I'm not sure. <laughs> something, something uh, bumpkin or Griggs or something. His is actually at Luke WPS. Of course he has Wupixui in his handle. Yeah, exactly. Homers. <laughs> so, yeah, if you want to direct one there, and we also have direct message if you don't want it to be out to the masses. But it will be. But if you direct me- message us, we probably won't name your handle. Yeah, no no, no uh, handle name if it's a DM. I've got some uh, some stuff that's burning me up. We, we going right into it. Yeah. All right. We can do it. You ready for this? I'm ready for it. You are ready for the Ivan's Old Time Meat Shop. Burning you up. Burning you up segment. Again, it's brought to you by Ivan's Old Time Meat Shop. They're located at 2101 North 2nd Street in Rogers, Arkansas. Their number is 636-3636. So. You always do the fingers when you're doing that. Like, well, I imagine myself typing it, into, typing it in? into a phone. I mean, that's, that's just how it is. It's, it's right there, <laughs> up and down, up and down. It's... But they they got everything in the world of delicious meat. <laughs> so from deli to specialty cuts on the steak side of things, pork, uh, daily, you know, sausages, all that good stuff. It's their fish. They have freezer bundles. That's a great thing to look into if you want to fill it up and get ready for cookout season. We got, uh, what, what we got? We got... Mother's Day, we got Memorial Day, all the stuff that folks got to be prepping for. So go ahead, give them a call. So it's burning me up that our boy Kane and Sandy threw out the first pitch. I knew I'd get a look from you. Oh, boy. It's burning me up that they haven't let him do that every game. Oh, you are sneaky, sir. That you boy are, come out you there. Are sneaky. At least 97 on the meter to home plate, and then caps it off. With some sort of like, I don't know, you probably know better than me, WWE stuff. He like did some kind of awesome little like, you're done. <laughs> Looks over to the Mississippi State dugout and hexes them. He puts the X on them. Like, you ain't winning. <laughs> and I'll be damned if we didn't sweep the series. So tradition. It's burning need, me up. Tradition needs to be open. made. Absolutely. Take that boy on the plane with you to the away games. Bring him out for the midweek games. He was the deciding factor we, of the we Mississippi got, State sweep. We, we've got another ace, right, at that point? Of yeah. course. wonder how his changeup is. I bet you it's pretty nasty. I, I got to go with the call. Kerstat is what's really burning me up, man. It's sad. Yeah, you, have, you haven't let uh, let go of that one. Yeah, no, because, and I'll, I'll post it because there's a great picture. I think I sent it to you yeah, where you see, yeah. they sent the lines up from the plate and you can just see it clear as day. It's either, well, I mean, there's two things that happen. You got the worst frame job by the catcher and you also have the worst call by the ump on the back plate. And again, the only problem I really have is that I don't know what Kershaw's saying when he's walking away. But body language and just the walk alone doesn't warrant nothing too an crazy. No, right. 
So yeah, he. I agree with you on the uh, the burning you up. It's not been setting on me as long. I've kind of let it go. If we'd have lost, it probably would have burned me up more. But um, I don't know if it's that or maybe the rule. I I completely understand the rule, but the rule that he had to sit out the next game as well. Yeah. So that that kinda... well, did you have we ever did we ever clarify the rule? Was it because of what inning it was in? Because we we talked about the football thing. If you get ejected in the first half of a game, you're ejected for the game in football. If you get ejected in the second half, you're ejected for the first half or disqualified in the first half of the second game of the next game. So that was like what inning seven ish. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was later in the game, but and I do not have clarification on that. The only thing I really saw and how I interpreted it was that it was an automatic on the back app. So if you get ejected in one game as a player, you get suspended. Like they come down essentially. I don't know if it's a case by case basis or whatnot, or again going to. Uh, who who had the uh pitch on purpose earlier this year? Um Burton. Burton. Thank you. Uh on that one, what was that? That was four games, but that was because he was a pitcher and he was relief, whatever. But so I don't know if they've got a chart or anything of the sort. If one of our listeners has that, if you want to send us a link to something and kinda enlighten us on this. It's my understanding that he got, it doesn't matter where it's at in the game. That could have been in the ninth inning, and he'd still have to sit the next one. It could be in the first inning, and he'd have to sit the next game. So That seems a bit much. Again, if if the listeners have that info for us, you can find us at JRD Hawkcast, DM us, or put it out to the masses and enlighten us. <clears throat> I don't, I guess my biggest caveat to this is we don't know what he said. So, yep. I mean, if he says something about homeboy's mama or something, you know, like, whatever. But the the camera angle to even get a glimpse of what it was, I mean, his his the back of his helmet was looking at the camera the whole time. You kind of saw where, when it happened, he kind of, I think, are you effing kidding me or something along those lines? But mm-hmm. that, that happens all the time, too, so. I mean, how many times has we know Dave Van Horn comes out and says that, and He's had his share of ejections in his career, but I know he said that straight up to somebody and not getting injected. So is it, I mean, it's a cross wide. Like this isn't a college, like this isn't baseball, college baseball specific. We've got this going on in the NBA right now. We've talked about it with the Patrick Beverly and Kevin Durant thing. They've had seven ejections in the first round of the playoffs. Hmm. And, the one that's kind of going around right now, have you seen the DeRozan one? No, I haven't. Okay, so ticky-tacky call goes in, and it looks, it's tough. I mean, I am I have a hard stance on this because it does look like maybe he was throwing it at the ref. But also the whistle happens, and looks like folks are going to either free throw or inbound, so what are you going to do with the basketball? Get it to a ref, right? It's not yeah. like he hauled off and chunked it at the ref. But it was in that direction. But are the officials in these uh, games just getting too personal with it and basically the softness getting to them as well? Uh, that is 2019. Right? I mean, that that should be 
personal opinions, all that, feelings, all that stuff in a job or duty like that should go completely out the window. Like, you're just strictly there to black and white the book, and I understand they're human and all that kind of stuff, and there's a point, but the ones that we're really talking about doesn't affect them when it comes to these objections. So, that, I mean, it's... maybe maybe that ump had the gif of Kershaw trucking old boy from Texas in his head. And got scared. And got scared. I mean, he had a big boy. Like, he better get out of here before he hurts me type thing? Yeah, even fully padded that ump was probably like, mm-mm, <laughs> nope. Let's just, let's just get this over with and hit the showers. Don't want to even deal with you next, uh, tomorrow. I thought something that might end up burning you up a little bit was uh, the awesome artwork from the football program with uh, recruits and then the nice glamorous shots of the basketball team. It looked like even at that, like maybe their facilities are even (laughs) the same, but it looks like that recruit that committed, or it was a transfer, I believe, was sitting in the football film room. Oh, when they took the bill. Oh. But no. Nah, uh I'm not gonna I'm not I gonna bash to... I'm not gonna bash no graphic designers there at the U of A, so they it's should not bashing because so. they could do better. They could definitely <laughs> do better. Maybe I don't know if it's the same department as the football staff, but you got maybe you got some people down the hall that you can talk to. I'm wondering uh this this guy's this recruit's name, is it Gene Tell Sila? He's talking basketball from FAU. Yeah, I'm. I'll be. I'll be the first to go on record when it comes to names. I am terrible. So, well, thank you for coming to the university. Yeah. <laughs> I hope I hear somebody say your name, chuckle, yep, so. announce it, and I'll be. Oh, of course, that's what it is. Yeah, I just wait for Chuck and Phil, or I wait for a media guy that actually has a pronunciation chart, and then I go from there. Yeah. Right. So. <clears throat> well, we want to call that a a wrap on uh, the Easter special. I believe that is. I mean, that that is episode 16 in the books, officially. Uh, we want to thank everybody for listening this long. We've got 16 episodes out after you heard this one. So, again, we thank you for following we us. We're real close to eclipsing that 1,000 download mark, which is awesome. Yeah. We can't thank you all enough for that. That's fantastic. Yeah, this is, like I said when we started this thing, this is absolutely a dream. So we thank you for downloading, subscribing, reviewing, interacting with us on Twitter. It's amazing. We love talking the hogs with all you. We hope to grow this even bigger. Uh, For JRD Hogcast, I am Dylan Lee. I am the grumpy old Jordan Russell. And uh, our producer, Luke Griggs, is around. He's always around. Always. And as always, Woo Pig Suey. Wait for them to ask you who you know Please don't make any sudden moves You don't know the half of the abuse All my friends are here